welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach, live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. Welcome back to another Friday edition of Enhanced Living. I wanted to talk briefly, or maybe not so briefly, I don't know, about manifesting and manifestation. And I think there's a lot of misconception around the concept of manifesting. And, you know, there's a lot of material out there that basically says almost that you can sit in your bedroom and envision and visualize the things that you want and feel really wonderful about them. And then magically they'll appear. And I know a lot of people are just like, no, 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 you have to put the effort in and actually do the work, which is 100% true. But there's also a lot of people out there who just say that manifesting is is absolute nonsense and we can only put in our effort and do what we need to do in order to achieve the results that we want to achieve. Now, I'm a person who has 1000% manifested so many amazing and wonderful things in my life. And I wanted to share one, the story of or a couple of stories, actually, of how I actually did it and what I actually was able to manifest. And then I want to kind of talk about exactly why manifesting works and what it really is and also what it isn't. Now, do I believe that we could potentially sit in our bedrooms, envision something, really visualize it, imagine it, see it, feel it, and then actually hold it in our hands? I I really do. If you have that unshakable faith that can move mountains, then I, I do believe that that's possible and you can do it if you have that undying, unwavering, unshakable belief Because everything is energy. This is scientifically proven. There's a really wonderful book called The Holographic Universe. It's probably my, it's in my top three all-time favorite books. And it really describes from a scientific perspective why we are likely living in a hologram and how certain miracles, and I'm using air quotes, but you can't see me, of course, how certain miracles are actually manifested and how they, they actually happen. And it's because of the actual construct of the reality within which we live. So before we go into any of that, The Holographic Universe, great book. I highly, highly recommend reading it. But I want to talk about just from my own personal perspective. Now, on my very first episode that I launched this actual podcast with, I talked briefly about a period in time where things were not going so well. And I shifted my attitude. I shifted my focus with the help of my wonderful wife, Sharice. And within 10 months, I completely turned my life around. But before that, there was an amazing story where we were trying to sell our home and buy a new home. And it was this crazy period where, based on the circumstances, this is way, way, way before I turned my life around in the course of 10 months. This was, we had bought our first home years ago, and it was an older home, and we didn't realize how many issues there actually were in it. And after a few major insurance claims that fixed everything up, we were just like, oh my God, we, we got to just, no, we're, we're out. And the market was high, so we decided to sell. 
Now, we were in a position at that point where we didn't have the funds to just go ahead and buy something new and then sell the house that we were in. So we had to thread a needle where we were going to be in escrow or selling our home at the same time as we were purchasing a home and the new home purchase would be contingent upon the sale of the old home. So we found this amazing community that had these beautiful newer homes that had more square footage and But they were technically condos, even though they were not connected. And so we were just, we were kind of like looking at this place. We thought it was wonderful. There were a few homes in the neighborhood or in the complex that were up for sale. And, you know, Sharice and I sat down and we, we intended, we meditated. We said, you know what? We are going to sell our home to the perfect person or the perfect people. And then we're going to find the perfect place for us. And we just, we just put that out there. We trusted and we knew. So we ended up going into our open house situation where all of a sudden these people came in and they were looking around. And, and I remember our realtor called us and said, Hey, you know, there were these people who were there at the open house. They want to come by and see the house again. Now, concurrently, while this was going on, I had found another place in the exact same community and the pictures were just kind of like, eh. And the other place that we had seen in the same community, because remember I said that we we had this place that we thought, oh, wow, this is the one, this is the one we want to move into. But then this new unit came on. So we decided to go look at it. And well, actually, hold on. Sorry, let me back up. We didn't go look at it yet. We had the other people come through and I was actually home that day and I was showing them the house and we were talking and all this stuff. And the realtor was like, well, you know, my client's selling their home too. And I was like, huh. And it turns out it was the exact home that had just come on the market. And I was like, get out of here. That's not even no way. Anyway, there she's as a joke, their realtor said to me, well, you know, you should go ahead and take a look at their home. And who knows, maybe you guys will swap homes. Meanwhile, everyone had a great laugh. We decided to go look at their house and we were like, this place is amazing. So what ended up happening was, and I'll tell you this now, every single realtor or every single time we even speak to our realtor, who is a very, very good friend of ours, his name is Don Stables. He's a wonderful human being. He will be on the show at some point in the future because this man has accomplished so many things in his life. He's overcome so much adversity and he's amazing. But I digress. Every time he talks to us about this, he he says that anybody he talks to in real estate, they all just can't believe that this actually happened. Long story short, we did manifest the perfect person to buy and sell our home to because we ended up swapping homes. We were in concurrent escrows. We we, we literally crossed each other on the streets as we were because similar neighborhood. They were not far apart, these homes. <laughs> we literally crossed each other's paths on the way to and from our new homes. And we, we've we kept in touch to this day. They're wonderful people. They love their home. We loved our home. We've since moved on. But I just, I wanted to illustrate one example of, because what are the odds in a city of Los Angeles, which is huge for us to manifest the exact people who were selling their home to come and buy our home and then switching at the same time. We both got asking price and that was the end of that. So that's just one instance of having that faith and that unshakable belief that things are going to work out and then that they they do. Now, I want to move forward to the part right before I started to really pick up with my on-camera hosting career. So I had gone, as I as I mentioned in the first episode, if you haven't listened to that, feel free to go back. It's It's just a summary of why I ended up in this podcasting position in the first place. I went and had my past life regressions done and I decided to write this book. And I then coming out of this situation after I wrote my book, 
self-published it, pulled it down and was like, I don't know. I was having like this crisis of conscience. Should I just let go of my hosting career, my on-camera hosting career altogether and just get a job and find something that's stable and something that I don't have to be constantly hustling for, which looking back on that now, I just laugh because that's just not the way it is. But, you know, I, I had that feeling and then I went to bed and before I went to bed, I said, please, you know, God, universe, give me a sign. Should I continue down this path or should I move towards the next path? I feel like there's something that I'm meant to do that's that's not I don't want to say greater. It's just not in the same direction. And so I remember waking up immediately following a dream where I was sitting across the room from someone and they were screaming at me, don't give up on your hosting career. Don't give up on your hosting career. And I woke up and there had been a posting for uh, they were looking for a host to host the Arrow after show. Arrow is a show on the CW, I'm sure uh, you may have heard of it. And they wanted me to they didn't want me to. There was a, a casting notice for looking for hosts to host the the after show. And so I submitted. And before I knew it, I ended up moving to a different place. I went to the to the audition slash interview for the Arrow After Show. It was for Collider, uh, which is an online magazine that deals with all sorts of fun stuff and the superhero genres and tech and all that fun stuff. Great, great magazine. I didn't end up working for them, but uh, there was another company that actually was looking to hire hosts for the Big Bang Theory After Show. They were starting that up. And so I remember going in for that interview because I, I got the message loud and clear. OK, don't give up on your hosting career. No problem. I'm I'm on it. And so I went in for the interview and I remember talking to them and they're like, well, are you a super fan of the show? And I'm like, well, I watch it all the time. And they're like, well, do you do you follow the blogs and do you follow the, the actors? And I was like, no, I don't do any of that. But I love the show and I know it backwards and forwards. And I'm like, these are my hosting credentials. And I remember walking out of that interview going, oh, wow, yeah, I totally, totally didn't get this. Oh, well, that was fun. And I remember calling Sharice and saying, you know, well, that was that was kind of weird. They they want super fans, I guess. And next thing I know, I actually got the call that they wanted me to to lead host it. So I started hosting the Big Bang Theory after show. They loved what I was doing. And they they then put me onto the Arrow after show at their own network. This was an online thing. And then from there, I ended up doing the Flash after show for them. And so I was doing three different after shows and having an amazing, amazing time working my butt off and not getting paid. But it was it was the most valuable experience that I had because I literally had to manage a panel of of hosts that were with me because I was I was leading it. We would get together just before the show aired. We'd watch it together. I would write notes. Then I'd put together the entire show flow. And then we'd be live within 15 minutes of the show ending so that we could discuss what went down on the show. Now, this was so much fun because I, I think I did about 55 episodes of live streaming television across the three different shows. And what that did was uh, it eventually led me to a project that I did for Red Bull Esports. And then I actually then found my new hosting agent from there because it allowed me to put together enough material to put together a really great show reel. But I want to talk real briefly about facing adversity and coming from a place of of strength instead of fear. One thing that kind of came to me, which has been something along the journey, was during these after shows, I had been in talks with one of the people who ran the network and they wanted me to take on a more, a bigger role and take on more responsibilities. And so we had been in talks and I remember coming in for the first meeting thinking, okay, great. So we're going to talk about what we're going to implement. And this person had, I guess, assumed that I was coming in with some huge plan and they proceeded to then yell at me while I was sitting there with another person who was like their assistant or the person who worked with them, sorry, not assistant. And 
just yelling at me, treating me like I was this child or someone who, you know, just didn't matter in any capacity. Now, at this point, I was already a dad, a husband, a grown man who had had some profound experiences in my life. And I remember in the past, before this whole thing came up, not being comfortable standing up for myself. There was like this this block of fear of like, if you stand up for yourself and you're in a position where someone is in the position to, you know, stop you from doing what you want, you just kind of have to take it and suck it up and just just deal with it. And something inside me had switched from when I became a father to before that. And as a dad, I remember looking at this person and I literally stopped them as they were yelling at me. And I said, hey, listen, and I kept my cool. I'm like, look, obviously there was a misunderstanding, but just understand you do not have the right to yell at me like this. This is not okay. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a human being and I'm a grown man. And if you want to have a conversation with me, then you're going to talk to me with respect. I treat you with respect. You're going to treat me the same way or I'm going to walk out. And I remember watching the look on this person's face go from anger to shock, to stunned, to acceptance, to they calmed down. They didn't apologize because that's not the kind of person that that was. And uh, they will remain nameless, of course. But I just remember standing up for myself and realizing that nothing is worth A, losing your peace over and B, losing your dignity over. You have to have your self-respect. So now back to the whole manifesting side of things. I remember at that point, I did the, the Red Bull thing shortly after the uh, after show period or after show stint, I want to say. So after the after show stint ran out, I ended up booking the Red Bull esports gig and that was so much fun. But then after that, everything dried up and I was scrambling and I didn't know what I wanted to do or what I was going to do. And I was trying to figure everything out. And as you may already know from the first episode, I ended up working after working as a, a surf camp counselor where I wasn't even teaching surfing. I was just on the beach and I was doing this for friends of ours. And they were so gracious to just allow me to do this. And they never once brought up the fact that this might be something that I needed. They were just like, yeah, come help out. We'll even pay you. So they had no issues with it whatsoever. It was really, really wonderful. Then I ended up at the telemarketing place. That's when everything kind of shifted. I remember every day taking that drive down to this telemarketing office where I was setting people up with their cable and their just different services after having just moved. And I remember just being so overjoyed after having that conversation with Sharice where she was like, you know what? No pity party. You have to pretend, even if you have to pretend, you have to stay in that high vibing, amazing space. And so I did. And that's when I got the call to go and interview for This is San Francisco or This is SF. And I went up there and I stayed with my in-laws because it was something where you had to work as a local. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I can totally do that. And so my my in-laws live up in the in the Bay Area. So I was staying with them. And for a week, I was shooting this show. I was doing two segments a day. I was having the time of my life. But I also realized that, one, there was not enough of a budget for me to stay out of town and still support my family. And two, I didn't want to be away from my family for four months at a time. So I literally, I called the EP, the executive producer, and who I'm so grateful for to this day. And I just said, look, you know, I am so grateful for this experience. I know there's an LA version of the show, which I would love to be on if possible, but I can't be away from my family for this extended period of time. I said, been missing auditions because I had commercial auditions coming in that I had to book out for, which was, which was really rough. And so he totally understood. He's like, we'll see what we could do. Thanks so much for all that you've done so far. We loved your work. Everything's great. So I, again, this was taking a stand and going, you know what? I need to do what's right for me. I'm not coming from a place of fear. I'm coming from a place of strength. 
And so I went back to LA and I literally booked a commercial for Twitter like the next day. I got back the next day, not the next day, sorry, the next day I auditioned. I went straight to callback and then booked a commercial for Twitter, which was so much fun. The day after, I DJed an event for about, I want to say it was like 3,000 people, which was just unbelievable and so much fun. And then I decided, I was like, you know, I'm going to manifest all these hosting events, live events across the country. I'm going to manifest all the things that I want. I'm ready. I feel it. I'm doing this. And sure enough, I booked uh, This Is L.A., which the EP was like, you know what? We love you. Let's we want to get you on the L.A. version of the show. That season I did, I want to say, like 100 segments on the show that I produced and hosted. Then I, at the same time, I booked a host job for Cycle for Survival, which is an event held across the country over the course of three months that raises money for rare cancer research. So not only was I, I mean, I took a pay cut for that because it was a charity event, but I was, I was at, I was all over the place. I was in New York. I was in New Jersey. I was in San Francisco. I was, it was so much fun. And I was doing something that that meant something. It was for an amazing cause, uh, raising money for rare cancer research. Then the next thing I know, I I got to host for uh, Maple Story and Maple Story Two. Maple Story is a is an MMORPG, which is a massively multiplayer online role playing game that is pretty big, actually. And so they had these huge events, 500, 600 people, where I moderated the Q&A with the developers. And then I hosted and had so much fun with the people in attendance. And so I did a few events for that actual game company, which uh, the parent company is Nexon. And so I did that. And that was amazing. And then from there, I manifested another event in Dallas, which I had been doing for years, but it, it kind of it had disappeared for a little while. And then that came back. And that's where I discovered that I wanted to do the TEDx talk. So I then, you know, applied for that and got that. I did two more commercials that year. So this started in, I want to say, September or October. And I made the decision, changed my attitude. And over the next 10 months, booked the three commercials, did the 100 segments on This Is L.A., did the Maple Story events, went to Dallas, did events for Cycle Survival across the country. And then we decided we wanted to sell our home because the market was again at a nice peak and we wanted a bigger yard for our son. We sold our home super quickly using the same technique we used the first time, which was we meditated, said we were going to find the exact right people for our home. Sure enough, we did. They were wonderful people. We still are in touch with them to this day. I know how crazy that sounds. And we got into our new home, which we're in currently. And then I decided, hey, I think it's time to manifest my dream car. And I did that, too. So really, in the course of 10 months, I completely shifted my entire life by shifting my mindset. Now, for some people listening, I'm sure there's no doubt that you're going, well, I mean, A, how do you know that you manifested this? And B, of course, you were able to book work in your field. And I want to address that because I believe that when you are clear on who you are, what your strengths are, and where you want to go, the direction in, in your life, then manifesting is simply a matter of visualization with belief combined with absolute surrender and joy. I'm going to say that again. When you're clear on who you are and what your strengths are, then manifesting is a matter of visualization with belief combined with an absolute surrender and joy. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think, it's obviously rhetorical because I can't hear you, you're not in the room with me, do you think that I would have been able to manifest all these things if my career skills were in, I don't know, machining, for example, or if I was a singer, would I be hosting events all across the country? Potentially. But what it really comes down to is we all have a strength, uh, something that we're 
excellent at, that we are just, it's just what we're meant to do. You have a gift, a gift to speak to people, a gift to listen to people, a gift to heal people. We all have something inside of us. When you play to that strength, when you manifest, when you visualize and you see yourself doing what it is that you're meant to be doing, not what you want to be doing. There's a lot of people out there who want to be famous actors or famous singers because it's an ego driven. I want to be famous and I want to have lots of money or whatever. And all that stuff can come. But that's not the be all and end all. That's not the main point. The main point is, is we all have something that we're meant to do in order to add value to this world. And when you know what that is and you visualize it, the universe will bring it to you. You will line up with the vibration of that event and it will just happen. It's it's amazing how quickly and easily it happens, but it doesn't happen until you get clear with A, who you are, B, what you're meant to be doing, and C, where you want to end up. And sometimes you don't know these things and that's okay. Part of the journey is figuring it out. It took me so long to figure out what it was that I'm supposed to be doing. And now I know and things are opening up. So my belief on manifesting is very simple. If you don't know how to sing and you can't sing and you're tone deaf, could you be an international sensation? Sure. Yeah, you totally can. Just ask, uh, well, I forget his name, the guy who went on American Idol one time and he couldn't sing for anything. And he was William Hung, I think is what his name was. He was an international sensation. Does he have a career now? I have no idea, to be honest. But the fact of the matter is, and I'm not trying to put him down, I'm just saying Kelly Clarkson, for example, who has an amazing voice, still has a career. She's still singing. She's meant to sing. People who've written books, who have become best-selling authors because they are, they have the gift of putting together words in a way that when you read them, scenes jump off the page and paint themselves like beautiful pictures in your mind. So when you find what you want to do or what you're meant to do, and you apply that unwavering, amazing belief there's no way that you can't make it happen. You will align with the vibration that's inside you. And so it's a matter of finding that vibration that you're meant to be, vibrating there, and allowing things to come. So last week on Friday, I talked about raising your vibration and where you need to be in the vibration. Not need to be, but how to raise your vibration and what that actually means. And that's what I'm talking here. So when you find what it is that you're supposed to do and you find your purpose, you're raising your vibration to your purpose and then your your vibration and what it is that you're trying to manifest, those things will match up and then they will happen in the most quick, efficient way possible. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Thanks for listening.